Awesome. Well, very good morning from my side and amazing to be uh, with uh, the handful of you in the room this morning. Uh, we're currently inviting a, a handful of city groups uh, week by week. And God willing, um, let's really believe <laughs> within the next week we'll be back here uh, in the room. I'm believing for it. I'm believing that we'll have some restrictions lifted, that we'll be able to have this room uh, with 100 in it again. So stand up for, stand by for that information. Uh, and also from our side, congrats, Steve's and Lester presenting over here. Uh, those of you who don't know, had their little baby Jethro a month ago. And so Jethro's in the room. Let's give it up for them uh, somewhere here. And really will encourage you um, to get involved with youth conference, whether you've got young people in your life uh, or whether you just want to sow into the next generation, uh, please do get yourself involved. Uh, at the same time, I'll just pick up and say thank you, uh, as always, for your continued generous giving uh, into the life of our church. Uh, you've been absolute rock stars with putting Jesus first in the way that you continue to give into the life of this church. And so thank you for that. Uh, still the best way to give EFT or SnapScan, and I'd encourage you uh, to make use of those tools. This was awesome, being here, being online. Hope that you enjoyed that. Uh, for those of you who were fast enough to book your tickets tomorrow night, uh, we have a worship night here at City. Uh, so looking forward to seeing uh, those of you who are able to get in. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be able to add a few in tomorrow if we hear anything tonight. Yes? <laughs> uh, but we're going to spend time tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Uh, just worshiping for a longer amount of time here tomorrow night. Amen. Well, uh, as I'm sure you know, if you were with us last week, we have kicked off our brand new series, and the series is called Gifted. And so James kicked us off last week, uh, diving into some of the spiritual gifts that we find uh, in Scripture, and quite apt to do this in Supernatural September, we thought, and so excited about it. And I guess the question is really, why would we do that? Why a series, why a whole series on spiritual gifts? And I thought Paul puts it really well uh, when he's writing to the Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Actually, as a side note, we almost called the series Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts. <laughs> it just didn't make it over the line. But we're going to call it that because it's important uh, for the Corinthians, but it's important for you and me. When it comes to spiritual gifts, we should not be uninformed. We should not be uninformed of the nature of what the spiritual gifts are or what the purpose of the spiritual gifts are. And so we're going to spend time over this series really digging deeper into those. Last week when James introduced the series, and I'd really encourage you if you missed that to go back and catch up on YouTube, it was so good. Uh, but he, he introduced the series by giving some of the fundamentals, just some of the basics uh, around spiritual gifts. I think there were 10, uh, but for example, uh, some of the fundamentals, every Christian has a spiritual gift or gifts. Every single Christian who has the Holy Spirit in them, which you do when you get saved, has spiritual gifts. Uh, another fundamental, all the gifts are from the Holy Spirit. Every gift that we speak about is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, every gift matters. We spoke about there's not this hierarchy. Every gift matters. And so the gift that God has given you in your life matters as much as the next one. I love 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 7. You can read along with me. It says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I love that, for the common good. And so the tagline for the series, many gifts, 
one God, common good, straight out of this verse here. And when we talk about that common good, I think it's so interesting because the common good actually helps us so much in our understanding and in thinking about the why, about the why behind spiritual gifts. The start point and the end point with every single gift all comes down to one thing, and that is love. The start point and end point of every gift comes down to love. And last week, James referenced 1 Corinthians 13, which ends in saying that in the end, only three things remain. In the end, only three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, it says, the greatest of these is love. And so love is the greatest thing. Love is the most important thing. Love is the main thing. And so if we seek to love above everything else, the gifts will find their place. Why? Because God is love. Amen. So today I'm going to be zooming in on one specific gift. There's, there's plenty, so we're not going to get through all of them, but I really thought it was important. I think that the times that we're living in, I think the season, which feels like it's just been a long one, amen, that we're living in, actually calls for this specific gift to be highlighted. I think it's so important in these times that we're living in, that those who have this gift that I'm going to be speaking about need to be exercising it and operating in it like never before. And I believe that in these times that we find ourselves in, those who don't have the spiritual gift could actually do well to earnestly desire and ask God for this gift. Because one of the other fundamentals about the gifts is God can give you a specific gift for a specific time. And I think this one is going to be super useful in the specific time that we're in. The gift that I'm talking about today is the gift of encouragement. Everybody say encouragement. That's right. Those in the room need to say it louder because their masks have this barrier effect on me. Everybody say encouragement. Good. I'm feeling encouraged. It's the gift of encouragement, or it's sometimes also called the gift of exhortation in parts of Scripture, is often used as part of a list which is referred to as the motivational gifts in Scripture. Now, don't get confused and don't start thinking about a motivational speaker. These are motivational gifts, and these motivational gifts are how the Spirit moves through us, motivating our words and actions. It's the Spirit motivating through us our words and our actions. It's like a filter. You can think of it as a filter that we're given for our perspective, which shapes how we relate to others, it shapes how we serve others, and it shapes how we love others. And so this list of motivational gifts uh, is going to come up, but it's, it includes the following. It includes the gift of prophesying. It includes the gift of serving, teaching, encouraging what we're speaking about today. It includes the gift of giving, the gift of leading, and the gift of showing mercy. That's what we could consider under this list of motivational gifts. And so today, I've got three points that I want to share with you as we look at this gift of encouragement. And as we dive in right now, the first thing I want to talk about is a biblical lifestyle of encouragement. A biblical lifestyle of encouragement. I wonder this morning, as you're sitting here, as you're watching from home, are there people in your life that encourage you? I wonder, if you're thinking about it, are you somebody who intentionally takes the time to encourage others? 
I want to say that we should never underestimate the power of building and creating an encouraging atmosphere around us. It's something not to ever underestimate. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, exhort one another every day. And then I love the sentence, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sins. Exhort each other every day. As long as it is called today, you should be encouraging somebody around you. It doesn't say every other day. It doesn't say some days. It doesn't say only every second Tuesday. It says every day. It's a lifestyle that every Christian is called to. Encouraging one another is not about how we feel, but it is something that we should be intentional and proactive about every single day that we have breath in our lungs. As a Christian, you should be using that day to encourage somebody else around you. Amen. Amen. You know, the way that we speak is a choice. Yes, the way that we speak is a choice. And sadly, many people undervalue the power that exists in their words. And to put it plainly, we live in a world that quite frankly can just be discouraging. And how many of you know we're going through a time in history that can actually just feel like it's a discouraging time that we're going through? I don't think anyone's gonna argue with that. And while encouragement builds people up, discouragement withers people down. I'm sure every single one of us can identify what it feels like to be discouraged by being withered down. And so this morning, I wonder if the environment in your home is an environment of encouragement or if the environment in your home is one of discouragement. I wonder if the environment in your workplace is one of encouragement. Maybe you're sitting in a workplace where the, the sense of the atmosphere is discouragement in your workplace. I wonder if your home is a place of being built up or being withered down. I wonder if your workplace is a place of being built up or is it a place of being withered down? And to dig a little deeper while we add it, if I may, I wonder if you ever find that potentially you could be the source of discouragement in your home. I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, all right? I wonder if some of us can, can, can admit to it that sometimes we can be that source of discouragement in our home. We can be that source of discouragement in the workplace. But Romans 12, which we're actually about to get into now, starts off by telling us, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't be conformed to the discouraging way of speaking of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed into building an atmosphere of encouragement around you wherever you find yourself. Now, I'm blessed in my life to be surrounded by many encouraging voices. Not least of all, uh, my wife, Taryn, who is here somewhere. Uh, amen. When, when I think of Taryn, uh, this proverb comes to mind. It's Proverbs 10, verse 21, which says, The lips of the righteous feed many. How many of you can attest, walking away from a conversation with my wife, I think you're going to walk away feeling like you've been nourished. And so not to be cheesy, and I hate to use these lines, but I'm going to say it, there is nourishment in encouragement. Everybody say that with me. There is nourishment in encouragement. And when you walk away from someone who encourages you, how many of you know you feel nourished? You feel that you have been fed. And how many of us would love for that to be the story of our lives? 
there's actually numerous examples of the importance, and this is all the lifestyle, okay? I haven't got to the gift yet. This is the lifestyle for every single one of us. And there's numerous examples of the importance of this lifestyle of encouragement throughout the New Testament. Uh, in fact, the Apostle Paul's last words uh, in his second letter to the Corinthians told the church to be joyful, to grow in maturity, and to encourage one another. It was the last thing he said to them, encourage one another. And the emphasis of the importance of encouraging and being encouraged appears to be standard for Paul. Uh, he sent a man named Tychicus to encourage the hearts of the Ephesians, whom he then also sent to the Colossians for the same reason. This is the same reason why Paul sent Timothy to the Thessalonians, and Paul commonly challenged the churches that he was affiliated with to encourage each other and to build each other up. It was stock standard for Paul. It was a basic for him. And so there's some incredible things that encouragement does as we live out this lifestyle. Encouragement breaks the bonds of limitations and loosens the cords of possibility. Think about what this could do for somebody in your life when you encourage them. It can break the bonds of limitations on someone's life and it can loosen the cords of possibility in their story. Secondly, encouragement is a language that negativity doesn't understand. It's a language that tricks negativity. Encouragement. The third thing is encouragement is an investment into someone else's future. How awesome is that, that you can use your words to encourage somebody and see it as an investment into their future. And the last one, encouragement changes the premise and rewrites the narrative. Your life story can be written to a different theme, all by the way that you choose to use your words. Isn't this awesome? How many of you this morning can call to mind an encourager in the faith who invested in your future by the way that they spoke to you. Show of hands in the room, show of hands online. How many of you have had that in your life? An encourager in the faith who has invested in your future and it has actually altered the direction of your life. I think we've all been blessed with that in our lives. How many of the themes of your lives have changed trajectory by the way an encourager in the faith spoke into your life? I know that for myself, I'm standing here today and I'm standing what I'm doing today because of the way one of the greatest encouragers of the faith that I know spoke into my life, built courage into my life many, many years ago. And to this day, I make sure that I still speak to this friend and this mentor of mine on a regular basis. In fact, did so on Friday again because I know that whenever I leave a conversation, I leave encouraged, I leave being built up. The power that exists in our words as we encourage one another has so much to do with where we find ourselves right now. And so what we can take from much of the overarching message of the scriptures, the overarching message that has been given to us in God's word is that being an encouraging voice comes stock standard for every single one of us who considers ourselves a Christ follower. It's stock standard. Encouragement is part of the accent of heaven. And we spoke about that a while ago. I don't even remember when. But there's an accent of heaven that we need to reflect here on earth. And encouragement is part of the accent of heaven. And so that's the basic biblical lifestyle of encouragement. That is for every single one of us. Everyone who considers themselves a Christ follower, that's how we should be living out our walk. 
So that's the first one. It takes me to my second point where we're gonna dive in today, and that is the gift of encouragement. If every single Christ follower is called to be an, an encourager, what about this gift? What about the specific gift of encouragement that we read about uh, in scripture? And there actually just seems to be a lot of people who are specifically empowered by the Holy Spirit to encourage others. A very special gift on their lives. It's to build courage into the hearts of people around them. I wonder if you've ever come into somebody like that. Yes, there's the stock standard lifestyle of encouraging, but the specific gift of how somebody can build courage into your life, empowered by the Holy Spirit. They really are there to encourage you, to support you, to be there for you. It goes beyond the lifestyle of encouragement. It's not just a natural positivity. It's not just a natural optimism. It's supernatural. It's an exceptional encouragement that God has given them. I wonder if you know somebody like that. I wonder if there's somebody watching right now who's maybe identifying and saying, absolutely, that's me. This gift of encouragement. So we get into where Paul writes about this in Romans and he's um, writing concerning this gift. It's Romans 12, verse three to eight. Uh, and this one I'm reading from the NIV. It says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. Then verse six says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And it says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. Verse eight, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is given, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so when we read this verse, it's at, on the one hand, <laughs> there's not really a lot of deep theor theoretical reflection behind this little verse eight that we find there, right? That's on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's deeply practical. And that's what often happens with these gifts. They're so deeply practical. And Paul here is trying to be as clear as he possibly can be. He says that if the Holy Spirit has specifically empowered you to encourage, then encourage. It's that simple. And uh, I, I love the simplicity of what Paul's saying here. And so what is this gift? What is the special gift of encouragement? What does it mean? What is the relationship between the Holy Spirit and this very special gift of encouraging? Well, when Paul writes about this gift, he's using a Greek word, parakaleo. And parakaleo means to beseech, to exhort, to call upon, and to strengthen. Do you know somebody like this? Beseech and exhort and call on and strengthen. I love this definition. I think it's so apt. The gift of encouragement is someone who instills somebody with courage. Instills somebody with courage. I love it. Instilling or building courage into your heart. It's when someone comes alongside you and inspires you in a way that lets you live out your life in peace and courage and comfort. 
I wonder how many of you are thinking, I need this person in my life. I need this gift. Let me tell you something right now. We all need this gift operating around us. This church needs this gift in operation right here. Martin Luther, I like this quote. He says that the teacher transmits knowledge, the encourager stimulates. Can you see there the practicality of it? The encourager stimulates courage within us. So in some way, shape, or form, those with the spiritual gift of encouragement are able to stimulate a sense of courage and stimulate a sense of strength into the people around them. I can imagine that the value of this spiritual gift, as much as we need it right now, must have been very much needed in the early church. Uh, Author Leon Morris says it like this. He says that for many people in the early church, Life was a pretty grim affair. There must have been a continuing need for people who could encourage others. And it's interesting to find that there were people who had a gift for this sort of thing. And I think everyone here would agree that there is a much, much greater need in today's culture. And there's much in today's culture that actually flies directly in the face of encouragement. I don't know what it's like in your worlds, I don't know what it's like in your circles, but there seems to be so much in the culture that we're living in today that actually just flies in the face of this gift. I think living in a, a time when there's actually such a thing as this thing called cancel culture, I hate it. I just can't believe that we're living in a time where something like that exists. It flies in the face of an overarching biblical principle of building each other up and encouraging one another. And especially in the troubles of this challenging season that the whole world is in right now, I would argue that a great need for encouragement exists. And despite the difficulties that we find around us right now, the Holy Spirit still seems to be working through many people to bring this gift into the church today. How awesome is that? and how greatly we need this gift. So what do you think are some of the general characteristics? I want you to picture somebody now who may have this gift, maybe it's you. What are some of the general characteristics of someone who's got this gift of encouragement? Uh, First of all, I love this one. Their favorite characteristic of God is His sovereignty. (laughs) That's an encourager's favorite characteristic of God, that God is sovereign. They're able to see that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that he's the one that knows the beginning from the end. And so they've got this gift in them to say, I will build into you, I will build courage into you because God is sovereign. That's their favorite characteristic. Another characteristic is that an an encourager sees trials as opportunities for growth. They're able to see the trials that we're going through. Since God is in control, They see every circumstance as an opportunity to glorify God and to turn us more into God's likeness. They're able to do that. I wonder if you've come across anybody in the last year and a half who even is able to see COVID (laughs) as an opportunity to glorify God and to make us more into his likeness. That's what somebody with this gift is able to do. The third thing is they express their love through availability. Someone who's supernaturally gifted with this gift of encouragement is is there, they're available, they're there for you in a moment's notice. Interestingly, when it comes to a counseling situation, those with the gift of encouragement and the gift of mercy make a really good team, which you can just imagine. 
When you come to someone who is discouraged, someone with this gift of encouragement and the person with the gift of mercy work well. Because the person with the gift of mercy, they're able to empathize. They're able to know how the downhearted person feels and the, courage, the encourager is there to exhort. They know how the person needs to feel. What an amazing combo that must be. You can see how the body works together. The encourager's job is to give hope by sharing a biblical perspective on the situation and reminding people of God's power, of God's love, of God's faithfulness. And in 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul says even that there were times when he was speaking to the Thessalonians. And he says, I speak in as a mother gently speaks and cares for her children, on the one hand, gift of mercy, and then other times as a father, encouraging, comforting, and urging them to live lives worthy of God's glory, working the gifts together. Another characteristic is that an encourager responds to problems by prescribing specific next steps of action. That's what they're able to do. The encourager's goal is to make the plan so easy to comprehend that someone will be able to understand it, they'll be able to see the potential, uh, grow as a result of carrying that out. That's one of their characteristics. And as I've been reading through these characteristics, I'm feeling pretty sure that God might be stirring in some of your hearts the desire for this gift. Can you just start imagining what the world would be like if more of us started operating in this gift? It takes me to the third point today, and that is a higher purpose for encouragement. There is a higher purpose for this gift of encouragement. There's actually a number of biblical scholars who believe that this gift in the context of Romans 12 indicates that Paul was thinking that the type of encouragement coming from this gift was actually mostly towards living out the truth of the gospel. That's what it was truly ultimately for, to keep moving people forward in the direction of spiritual growth. And so I think Paul envisioned people under the power of the Holy Spirit being an encouragement to others in order to stimulate their lives and continue centering their lives on Jesus, on his mission, which is also our mission, and the overall cause of the kingdom. There's a higher purpose for this gift. I think a great example of a person in the Bible with this gift who operated in it so well and used it to encourage people to live for Christ is a little known character that you may have heard of named Barnabas. And Barnabas is someone who came along and he partnered with Paul and in his ministry. Now, although we know him as Barnabas, how many of you know that that actually wasn't his name? His name wasn't Barnabas, his name was Joseph. But he was given the nickname Barnabas during his ministry, which means son of encouragement. What an incredible legacy to live and an incredible legacy to leave, to be known as a son of encouragement. How many of you wanna be known as a son or a daughter of encouragement to those around you? What a beautiful, beautiful gift. And so on one occasion, Barnabas was out there with Paul uh, and he was sent to the Jerus- uh, by the Jerusalem church to Antioch. And in Acts chapter 11, 23 to 24, it describes his arrival, which gives us a good picture of, of operating in this gift. It says, when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them. He encouraged them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. And then it says, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. 
And then what happened? A great many people were added to the Lord. A son of encouragement. And a great many people are added to the Lord. I can't help but think how important this gift is in the times that we're living in. In times that are so trying, in times that are so difficult, in, in a world that just seems in chaos right now, how important is it for Christians to hear the voice of encouragement, for you to hear that voice of encouragement? How important is it for you to be exhorted uh, to move forward in the gospel, to move forward in your spiritual growth, to move forward in the mission of Jesus and to move forward in the cause of his kingdom? How many of us need that in our lives right now? I think every single one of us. Every single one of us need that. But who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that gift to be able to do that for those around them? 100% I would. To be supernaturally gifted by the Holy Spirit to live a life of instilling courage into the people that God puts around you. It's an incredible gift to ask God for. Maybe as we're speaking right now, as you're listening, maybe as you're watching right now, God is stirring up in you the desire for this gift. Let's not forget, you can earnestly desire the gifts. I think this is one that we should all earnestly desire, that we should all be asking God for. Paul says it several times to desire the gifts. And so one of the ways that we can respond this morning, one of the ways that we can apply the command to desire spiritual gifts is really to begin praying to the Holy Spirit to empower you with these gifts. Imagine if every single Christian started praying to God and asking God to bless you with the supernatural gift of encouragement. Can you imagine the immediate difference it would make to the world right now? Can you imagine if every single Christian asked God for the gift of encouragement, what a difference it would make to this world that we're living in right now? It would make a massive difference. And in my opinion, it makes perfect sense to ask the Holy Spirit for more encouragement because you know what? The Holy Spirit Himself is referred to by Jesus as the encourager. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the encourager and as the comforter. In John 14 verse 16, Jesus told His disciples that the Father would give them another encourager. That is what Jesus left us with. Therefore, praying to the great encourager for the gift of encouragement makes complete sense. And so this morning, if you're here with us in the room, if you're watching online, and it's been stirring up in you, and it's something that you earnestly desire, and it's something that you wanna pray for, we can pray for that right now. And I'm gonna lead you through a prayer that you might wanna join me in. If this is something that God is stirring in you, if the desire for the spiritual gift of encouragement is something that He's stirring in you, why don't you pray along with me right now? Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you for making the love of God the Father and the work of Jesus on the cross real to me. Thank you for inviting me into your kingdom and allowing me to partner with you in your work. Now would you please empower me with the gift of encouragement so that I may stimulate, stimulate the lives of those around me to live powerfully for the cause of Christ. Would you give me the right words? Would you give me the right actions to help comfort those around me? 
Help me to be aware of opportunities to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. And this morning, if you prayed these words, or if you prayed something similar to this, I think you could take a few minutes and think about two questions this morning. The first one, as you begin to walk in and exercise in this gift of encouragement, is who around me right now could use encouragement? I can tell you something and you're not gonna have to look too far. Who around me right now could use the supernatural gift of encouragement for courage to be built and instilled in their hearts right now? And the second question is how can I be encouraging to them? You see, it's one thing to have the gift, but let's talk about it. How can I be encouraging to them? I wanna say that our desire for us as a church in all areas, and specifically those with the gift of encouragement, to start being forensically specific in your words of encouragement to people. There's one thing to encourage you and say you look nice today. There's a whole nother thing to, to be forensic about what I'm saying to you and specifically to you. I wanna encourage you. I knew I'd say it at some point along the way. I would encourage you as an encourager. Let's get forensically specific about the words that we use to encourage people around us. You know, you may not think that you've got the right words to say. You'd be surprised. It's often the little things that make the biggest impact on people's lives, amen? And in a world where people are feeling underappreciated, where people are feeling undervalued, any positive encouragement goes such a long way especially when these words of encouragement come from place of intention about encouraging, building courage and to move people forward in the cause of Christ. I wanna let you know that my prayer for city, my prayer for this church, in whichever season we find ourselves, online, in person, combination, whatever, but my prayer is that this would be an environment where people are built up and encouraged and exhorted a place where you come and you leave feeling like courage has been put into you to live more fully for the purpose of Christ and the cause of His kingdom. Amen. To be honest, that kind of atmosphere is not difficult to create because the Word of God and all that Jesus accomplished for humanity and His gospel is good news. Every single one of us is made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. I am made in the image of God. God is the ultimate encourager. And so it's not difficult for us to be imitators of that. And so surely then encouragement should be the language that we speak. And so I wanna to say to you this morning, wherever you find yourself, to take it upon yourself to practice encouraging others and determine in your heart that you will help others see the true blessing that they really are. Proverbs 3 verse 27 exhorts us and it says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Encouragement is good. So do not withhold good. Encouragement is good. And to be honest, every single one of us has encouragement in our hands. Amen. Don't underestimate the power that is in your hand that can reverse somebody else's spirit to build them up, to speak words of life, to put courage in them to be, that every, to be everything that God has created them to be. And so my prayer for you this morning is that you would know the wonder of encouragement in every single area of your life. 
I pray that you would know the value of encouragement at home today. I pray that you would know the value of encouragement in your workplace tomorrow. I pray that you'd experience the power of being encouraged and the power of extending courage to one another. Amen. I'm gonna ask you to stand in the room as we go to a time of worship. Jesus, we bless you, we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, the ultimate encourager who leads us and guides us, that you are the one who will take us forward, that you are the one that will move us forward. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, for every single person this morning who has earnestly desired this gift to be put in them, that you would do that by your Holy Spirit, that you would supernaturally put this gift of encouragement in many, many, many hearts of people in the church this morning. Lord, I pray that as a church, as we live out the lifestyle of encouragement and as we live out what it is to receive this gift of encouragement, that Lord Jesus, you would use us to make a massive difference to the world that you have put us in. We're here for you. We're here for your kingdom. We live for your cause. And so we pray, won't you bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.